Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist. I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. And tonight I wanted to share something surprisingly I've never done before, but I'm going to share the character descriptions of only two. I'm only going to do two because the descriptions are quite long. Two character descriptions of two of the people in the play that I wrote. And the, the play is about um, a family and the way they raised their kids when the kids became adults. Um, one of them is diagnosed with complex PTSD. So it's basically what it looks like. And when I, I wrote this, I never thought that I would be a co-producer. So whenever I was looking for actors... Um, one of that one of the actors he was like well who's producing it and i was like i am i was like me and the director are producing it and he didn't understand that and i was like well we're doing it on our own and we found half of the cast from the local theater which in central illinois where i live we have some pretty amazing theater skills here um it's very much part of the arts community here it's a really big part of it Particularly, I live in a larger city, and it's very much, it's almost like, kind of like the backbone of the community is the arts and theater community, um, just in regards to activities to do outside of sports or maybe going to a movie theater. Um, and I was never a theater person. That's not what I am. I'm a writer. Um, that's why I like poetry. Uh, I think writing is really amazing. And writers get away with everything and I like that you can be as absurd as you want when you're a writer um so I'm going to read two of the descriptions these are the the mother and father and I think they're clearly two of the most important characters and then on another night I'll read Alex and his sister Lindsay those are the two main characters the parents are technically side characters but Alex and Lindsay are the main characters and I'm going to read something I wrote on the back of the program when we made our program. This was done, by the way, in the fall. It was done in September of 2019 is when we produced it in front of a live audience. And it was in Petersburg, Illinois, which is a little town around here. But on the back of the program, it says it shows a frog and it's in a skillet and it's like a cartoon. And it's like an old, it might be an Aesop's fable. I'm not sure. But it says the boiling frog is a fable describing a frog, a frog being slowly boiled alive. The premise is that if a frog is suddenly put into boiling water, it will jump out. But if the frog is in tepid water, which is then brought to boil slowly, it will not perceive the danger and will be cooked to death. In this play, one boiling frog, Alex, realizes, that, realizes the danger of the situation and manages to jump out. So the frog is representative of someone who grows up in abuse, doesn't know it's abuse until he's woken up by something big, and he jumps out. He gets out of it. <clears throat> the play is originally called Blurred Lines, and again, I wrote it, so I can say whatever I want about it. So I'm going to do the mother first. So the mother and father are the parents of the two people they raise them, and this play is technically 
a play, uh, it's, it's a coming of age play for what I call young adults, which is people in their 20s and early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. And the brother and sister in the play are in their late 20s and early 30s. And the parents are in their late 50s, early 60s. <clears throat> so the mother's name is Carol. And Car- Carol is in her late 50s. Carol is the mother of Alex and Lindsay. She is a pleasant person to be around, but appears at times to be mentally and emotionally exhausted. She is in deep, deep denial that she enables her husband's bad behavior on a daily basis. She has blinded herself as to how damaging this enabling has been to her own children. For her to acknowledge the root of her children's dysfunction, meaning Lindsay's choices in men and Alex's emotional problems, this would be for her to crack emotionally. Deep down, she knows her husband could become very dangerous, and this character trait puts fear into her. So that's the mother. The father in the play is named Paul. Paul is in his early 60s. Paul is a narcissist, and he's Alex and Lindsay's father. He's not a narcissist in a vanity sense, but in a real-life lack of empathy sense and sense of entitlement. He believes he is special and deserves special attention. He was abandoned by his father as a baby and was adopted by his ever-enabling grandmother and physically abusive grandfather. His own abuse to his kids, particularly physical abuse in the form of rage-filled whippings to his son Alex, are nothing out of the ordinary for him because that's how he was raised. He is an angry, dry drunk, a former alcoholic with the same amount of rage. He has PTSD from the war and this likely and his likely chaotic youth as well. Paul is so self-centered he would even have his daughter Lindsay stay with her abusive husband rather than continue to provide for her himself in her adult life. So rather than Paul providing for Lindsay in her adult life, he'd rather she just stay with her abusive husband. He has robbed his wife Carol of her identity emotionally and has found clever tactics to fool others who may see who he really is. He particularly uses his status as a veteran to get what he wants, when he wants it. He is on disability and uses this to his advantage. He also uses his diabetes as a form of manipulation. If Paul doesn't get what he wants, you will know about it by his actions. So those are two of the characters. I thought about reading know a few scenes um so there's another character named collier um and like i said half of the characters in this are from eastern north carolina and you literally have to write out the way things sound for southerners and there's a scene where he says um he's saying seize the day in in italian but this is a southern man saying it and the, the reason i chose this is because I was trying to figure out how to say seize the day in Italian and I literally needed to hear it and I came across ironically Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society I saw a scene of him saying that and it was in Italian and he was saying coye latimo or coye latimo something like that and so that was how I learned how to say it so whenever I had the character saying this and I was Collier in the play by the way Um, 
you have to say it in a southern way, but Collier was drinking wine. And so he's drinking. He goes to Italy to get wine. He goes on trips to Italy, and that's why he's saying this in Italian, and he's being kind of cute and friendly. And in order to make it sound correctly, I'm going to spell this out for you the way I typed it out. So, Coye Latimo. Uh, speaking from a southern way, this is spelled C-O-Y-Y-A-Y. L-A-H-T-E-E-M-O, exclamation point. Koye Latmo. So whenever he's drunk, he's saying, Koye Latmo, Alex. And he's like, what does that mean? And he says, that's Italian for says the day. And so it's Italian. You have to actually write that out. Um, but it was kind of interesting. And the way they say Saturday, I'll contact you Saturday about the game so everything is elongated Saturday is not spelled like Saturday it's S-A-H-T-U-R and then there's spaces D-A-Y and the way they spell game is G-A-A-H-M-E I'll contact you Saturday about the game so there's a lot to do in regards to this like if you you know ever attempt to write a play Like I did, um, it took me about a year to write it, and then it took me a whole lot of effort to edit it, and I took the advice of the actors and the director, and we chopped things up, and it came out to be like perfect timing. And my play at the time, uh, it was sponsored by PAAO USA, and I did an interview with the woman who sponsored us. She played the mother in the play. Her name's Jill Ajizi, and she was on Dr. Phil and The View when she wrote her book um, about basically getting away from her first husband, who was a narcissist. Um, I'll have to look back up what PAAO stands for. I think it's Parental Alienation Awareness Organization, because that's what she's all about, is parental alienation. She was alienated from her children by her first husband. And that was what her book was called. That's what her book was about. I think it's called The Look of Love. And has like a broken heart on the cover. But she sponsored it and she was in it. She's a really good actress. I just wanted to share some of that because I just think it's 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 really deep. It's really personal. Um, and again, I haven't done my copyright yet. But like I said before, language is just a big part of if you ever want something to be legit, you need language. And whenever I wrote this, I didn't have the Illinois characters. Um, I didn't have to write out their language because the actors are here in Illinois that we did the play with. But if I were to write out the father's accent, there's a, a wide range of accents in central Illinois. There's redneck, there's hillbilly, there's hick, there's twang, there's backwoods, and then there's very plain spoken I feel that I'm a plain-spoken person. Um, There's more plain-spoken people the further west you go. But here where I am, we're close to Missouri and Kentucky and southern Illinois, and there's a wide range. I grew up around a lot of rednecks. And so it's very important to have that. And Paul's twang would be almost a combination of hillbilly and backwoods, but he's not a hick. So it, and he's not necessarily a hillbilly. He just sounds like one. Um, Carol's accent would be very plain. Um, 
And then the farther up in Illinois you go, you get Chicago. You get kind of a combination of Chicago with Milwaukee. Um, that Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um, I just think it's interesting that, you, you know, to incorporate these things. By the way, when I went into my other job tonight, I had a really long day because I worked both my jobs. I got the recipe book. So in the next podcast, I'm going to read you that pork tenderloin recipe. And it may not sound appetizing. It's called pork tenderloin with coffee rub. Coffee does not sound like something I'd want on my pork tenderloin. But it's ground coffee beans. And it's like molasses, macadamia nuts, uh, all types of things. White wine vinegar, lime juice. But I'll read that to you in the next podcast because next month I'm going to make that pork tenderloin. And that's most of what I wanted to share. This is the Complex PTSD Guy signing off.